Adventurers in Audio Land, welcome to Point Noir, home of the Point Noir podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jerry the Third, aka Kimono Jack, and we are back to present to you session six here at the Point. Wanted to talk to two things right before we introduce our guest today. Number one, thank you guys so much for leaving reviews and ratings on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Get a chance to read every single one, and we'll start sharing the five-star reviews we get as we go along. Thank you guys so much. We're glad you're enjoying what we're doing, and we're only getting started, baby, so hang on for the ride. We out here. And number two, we finally established a process by which we'll start collecting names so that we can sponsor somebody to get their passport every single month. I don't know if you guys have heard all of our episodes yet, but if you haven't, Point Noir is committed to sponsoring a man of color to get his passport every single month. We're going to do this through a simple three-step process so we can get everybody who wants to participate involved. Number one, make sure you follow Jerry the Third on Twitter. Step number one. Step number two, tell us what having a passport would mean to you in any way that occurs to you naturally. You can simply write it. You might want to record a short video, maybe post a picture, maybe show us your travel plans. I don't know. It's open to your interpretation, but definitely tell us what having a passport would mean to you. Step number two. And step number three, the last step, and possibly the most important outside of steps number one and number two, is make sure you hashtag Passpoint18. Include the hashtag Passpoint18. That's P-A-S-S-P-O-I-N-T, the number one and the number eight. That way, with that identifier, we can collect all the mentions that have been received on Twitter and at the end of the month, choose somebody at random and then progress with the rest of our process from there. So there you go. There's all the news that's fit to tell. Thank you guys again for rating, subscribing, and reviewing the show. We really appreciate it. Without further ado, we're going to introduce today's special guest. Joining us in today's session, we have none other than the John Robert. Make sure you follow him on Instagram at the John J O N no H Robert. And if his photos look familiar, don't be surprised. Many of the top travel accounts have picked them up and shared them with their audiences because they're just that good. We have a great time talking about his travels through Asia and South America, how he hires private chefs when he goes out, and how he stays and flies on the low. You definitely want to have a pen and pad ready so you can take notes. I even learned some things on this one. I really appreciate it. We also talk about his new passion project focused on travel called Where in the World. You can follow them at Where in I-N-N the world and see some amazing hotelscapes and beautiful photography again that he presents for all of us to be inspired by to go see something new. So if that all sounds great to you, sit back, grab a chill beverage. We're going to jump into the session. The John Robert, welcome to The Point Noir. How you doing, fam? I'm doing great, man. How about yourself? I'm good. How'd you like that intro? We, we put, you know, the V's in there. We're trying to mix things up. Yes, V. We're going back to the King's English. Hey, I'm with it. I'm with it, man. <laughs> Dude, it's, I'm, I'm blessed to have a travel king such as yourself on the show. Uh, man, uh, and I'm excited to learn more about your story. So I'm, I'm glad we could find the time. Yes, I'm glad that uh, you invited me on this platform uh, to share my story. It's definitely uh, a good one, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the only opinion that really matters. So, uh, you know, let's keep it a buck. That's what we do here at The Point. Um, right, so for those who might not be following you already on Instagram, so, you know, extra plug, at the John Robert. 
you got some amazing pictures that have been uh, reposted by pretty well-regarded uh, travel pages. Uh, we see you in Asia. We see you in Colombia. So tell us a bit about your origin story. So um, I'm a native of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. A-A-P-A-P-A, P-A, P-A, gang, gang. Yes. The Steel City. Um, so I was born and raised there. Uh, grew up in a missionary household. So both of my parents are missionaries. Uh, so at a very young age, I traveled more so um, within the States, but also had some few international experiences. Um, so I think that's kind of where my love for traveling began. I remember taking like my first flight by myself. I was like maybe seven years old. Um, and I flew from Pittsburgh to Texas, you know, and my dad met me in Texas. Wow. Um, so that was a thing where, you know, I just, I always flew and I've always uh, been comfortable in that element. So that's, that's kind of, that's kind of who I am. Um, and then living there, you know, before I went to college or in college, I needed a job. So I got into hotels, uh-huh. um, which only kind of fed the beast a little more because now I have access to cheap hotel rooms. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are those um, discounts like? What are they like? 70 percent discounts? Um, it all depends where you're going, time of year. You know, those things vary. Um, with Marriott, we have the opportunity doing between November and January to get double discounts. So I've stayed like in Miami for like $19.50. <laughs> uh, one time I got the Times Square Renaissance for like $69. Um, and to get anything in Times Square for $69 is like <laughs> absolutely right. amazing. Um, right. so they yeah, might, they all, might find you $69 for sleeping on the street in Times Square. That's ridiculous. Yeah, $69 is probably what you pay for to park for 30 minutes in Times Square. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. <laughs> So, you know, um, all those kind of uh, fed to fit my love of travel. So, yeah, that's what's up, man. A missionary family, that's got to be very interesting. Um, And what a way to get started. Uh, Did you guys also move your homestead or your parents? um, How how did that work? I'm curious. So um, my my mom was a missionary and my dad were both missionaries, um, actually separate from each other. Um, they actually met because my dad was also a traveling ev- evangelist and my mom was a secretary of her church at the time. Sure. Um, so they kind of did mission works separately. Uh, they really didn't do a lot of mission works together. Once they got married, my mom kind of stayed home, um, took care of me and worked where my dad kind of still did some mission things and also was a travel evangelist. Um, but they both had a world scope and the idea of what the world was, and they wanted to make sure that um, that I had that same um, ideology or same experience. You know, they didn't want me to be, to lim- be limited by, you know, just the United States or just by uh, a black experience, quote unquote, or a white experience. They wanted me to experience the full world and all the things that it had to offer me. Wow, that that's really something to to be grateful for, uh, you know, especially at such a young age, to to have that perspective or the idea that there are other options or other ways out there. Like that's shout out to your parents. Yeah, they're dope. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm definitely grateful. I know that that's not everyone's story, um, and it's great also being an only child because I didn't have anyone to compete with. So all the resources kind of went to, towards me. <laughs> it's not even that that you don't have anybody to compete with, but you're always going to be the best. Like you're going to be yes. best in every category. 
Yes, 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 yes. So, <laughs> all I do is win. All I do is win. Hey, listen, Monopoly is a game of life for a reason. Um, yes. Love it. So let, let's fast forward a bit. So when did you, um, you said you kind of got the travel bug when you were young and had some experiences even being international. When did you kind of set your sights to make this a, a permanent part of your lifestyle? Because there are many people who might spend vacations with their family uh, domestically or abroad, but at some point they say, now nah, let's do something maybe more quote unquote practical. It doesn't entice them in that way. Kind of what was that moment for you? That's a very good question. Um, I I guess the, the, I almost stumped. <laughs> I, I guess the moment for me was I just realized how um, fleeting life can be. Mm. And I, um, you know, having an opportunity, I think my first international trip was to the UK. I went to Birmingham um, and like, you know, seeing the, the culture there and seeing things and experiencing there, I wanted more of it. And then in college, you know, you, you don't have a lot of money, so you don't always have a lot of resources. Um, so I think once I, you know, got into my career and realized that I wanted to create memories and spend money on things that created value beyond um, things that may be tangible. Yeah. I think that was really the thing that struck me as saying, like, travel does that for me because I've always traveled. Um, even if it was, you know, domestic, I've always, I've always been a traveler. Um, and it's just, it's been my thing where, especially in the hotel industry, I believe to give great service, you have to go somewhere and be refueled. And mm. so I always wanted to keep a good work-life balance. So I would, you know, go on trips and go away and have experiences, but also be able to bring those experiences back to my, my place of work, you know, and say, hey, I was in Chicago and they did this, or I was in Miami and they did that. And I think that'd be something great um, that we could do for our guests or make, you know, our hotel run more efficiently. Um, so that kind of was the catalyst. I think really getting into the hotel industry opened my eyes to the world of travel and just a greater spectrum than what I've already knew it. Um, and then just, you know, realizing life is fleeting. I think a lot of times at a young age, we believe like we'll live forever. And um, the one thing I didn't want to ever happen if I would die tragically, and I know this may sound morbid, but I'd, I don't want anyone ever say that was a waste of life. Like, oh, mm. you know, if I would, you know, if God would take me home today, you know, no one would be like, oh, well, you know, he just didn't, he didn't get a chance to even live his life. Everyone's going to say he did what he wanted to do. He saw the world. He was very fulfilled in the things um, that he did. And and I think that's what, you know, your life experience should be about. It should be fulfilling to you and you should enjoy the ride um, and even take some people along with you. A hundred percent, bro. I, I definitely resonate with that. And, you know, on investing in yourself, you know, to have something more than material things. It's said that yeah. travel is the only thing you spend money on and get richer after the fact. Um, yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. And I love that you speak to, I might be blown this out of proportion here, but you know, this is just who I am. Uh, you, you leverage that, you, you leverage that up for your position by having experiences, like you said, in the hotel industry and seeing Chicago and Miami and bringing it back to where you were based out of, you're actually bringing more value through arbitrage. You've seen something differently. You bring it to your market where they're not doing it. That's a huge value for an employer um, and still staying true to your employer like that. That's awesome. Adding tremendous value as an employee through travel. That's dope. Yeah, it was so interesting. Um, 
I currently live in Charlotte, and I met, they just opened a brand new Kempton, and Kempton is actually one of my favorite hotel brands just because they do things um, just very different. They don't they're a luxury brand. I like to call them a um, either a luxury brand, but they're just not a everyday luxury brand. They're not snotty nose, you know. They'll mm. put like leopard robes in the room and you know giraffe print robes in the room and do you know really quirky things it's, it's a lifestyle brand is really what i call it and i met the general manager and i was talking to him about just travel in general and the one thing that he said he was like i would take someone with global travel experience before i would take someone with hotel experience and that just really struck me and he said because you have a greater understanding of how the world works and the people that are going to come through my doors need to have someone who understands them more than they understand how a computer works and how to check someone in you know and so i i think you the value in travel just within my industry um it it does create a a sense of a greater value for an employer, like you said, and even for me, it, it, it makes my stock even richer um, because I have a scope and I understand, you know, the things to do when certain people will check in or stay at your hotel um, just outside of what we do in the U.S. So I think it's great. Um, and I think for anyone who's looking to just expand the horizons in most careers, um, you know, to have an understanding of international their business in an international sense will just always help them in the development. So, a hundred percent, dude, and that's amazing that your uh, your colleague would even point that out because I think uh, that's some of what's missing, especially in the service industry, is that that true openness to experience and and mindset for for the global picture. And for sure, a traveler fits that mold, and you can provide really the best service. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the goal. Dope. That's the goal. I I like that you're committed to that. So it's interesting <laughs> that your story doesn't have a hard start and a hard um, you know, entryway into travel because it's always been a part of your life. So could you share with us some experiences that have really changed your perspective or evolved you as a person? I, I love what you shared earlier about uh your birthday off the record um with us. By the way, happy belated thirty two, yeah? Thank you. Hey, 3-2, we, um, we, we got to celebrate these things because not every, like you said, not everybody gets it, you know, not everybody gets no. another year around the planet. So I'm fully uh, in celebration mode for you on that. But was there a place that really opened your eyes to a new perspective or a country that just gave you a different sense of yourself that you didn't have before you got there? I'll say two places. Um, the first, I'll say Rio de Janeiro. Okay. Um, and the second, I would say being in China um, really changed some things for me. Um, uh, the reason I say Rio, you know, there's a, there is an ideolo- ideology within the United States that Rio is not safe. Mm. Um, and I think uh, with our current political environment that we're in, um, I think that translates to a lot of um, areas that are inhabited by people of color that, you know, we have just a lot of discrepancies or issues or places you should not travel, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, I even think I just got back from Cartagena and that was deemed a place you shouldn't travel or even, you know, the U.S.'s relations with Cuba. If you look at these places, they're all 
um, you know, heavily populated with people of color. And so it strikes me um, as not odd, but it strikes me as very strategic um, to create an ideal or create a philosophy that these places are not safe um, it, as as if America is 100% safe, you know. But, uh, <laughs> right. So, you know, not to get too political because um, we're traveling, right? That, I think, that really opened my eyes. When I was in Rio, no one knew that I was not, you know, a Portuguese or 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 that I couldn't speak Portuguese. No one knew. They saw me. They saw I was black. They thought I was one of them. Um, and so I didn't stand out, you know. I, I felt very safe. There was many times, actually, while I was there, where I actually roamed the street, um, inebriated, and at no point did I ever feel like my life was threatened or felt like I was a target. Um, and I think, you know, also being there, it helped me realize that I think sometimes our scope here in the States makes us think that um, being Black, we are a minority in which we may be within the United States. But if you think of South America, everyone, for the most part there, has dark skin, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's a continent, you know, Africa is a whole continent of dark skinned people. And so we are actually a greater majority than what we're led to believe. Um, And that's just the whole other can of worms. And so I think, you know, being no, but let's pause right there because that's really important. And um, dude, you hit on a super critical point, like within the United, you got to decontextualize yourself from that within the United States. We're the only people that speak about being a minority, but in the global realm of things, you didn't even mention India and, uh, you know, South, Southeast Asia, but people with darker skin, darker complexions are the majority on the planet. And that's a huge key that you don't really understand until you step out and see it. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think until you experience that, it shapes, you know, your thinking and your understanding and your ideology. And I haven't done the homework um, to even say how many countries that would be considered majority, you know, what we consider black. But I would think it would almost be a numbing number to us if we would sit down and do those numbers. Um, And I just think that's another reason why it's important to travel because it helps you see yourself through a greater lens. Um, And I think because we don't technically have a culture here in America, um, we, we have a culture that we've made, but we don't have necessarily a culture that is authentic to um, our heritage and our, you know, our lineage, that going to other places can help us find that and connect uh, and realize that we have a place in the world, even if we may not be accepted in some places in the United States, there are places that embrace us and really enjoy us. And I think that's why I said China. When I was in China, I was a celebrity. I felt like Jay-Z, you know, like everywhere <laughs> I went, people wanted to stop and take pictures with me because I was black. And I was like, yeah, this is great. Like, you know, like, <laughs> right. And, and that really was, that what it was. I mean, they hadn't seen someone or they don't see someone in my complexion every day. And for the first time in my, I felt celebrated by people who did not look like wow. me. Um, and I think that was just such a dynamic experience. Um, you know, just to have that, and and no one was nasty. No one, and I didn't. I don't speak the language. Um, I don't know any Chinese. Like I don't, you know, 
Not even a Nihau? I, I don't know anybody's. I don't okay. know. No, listen. I know General So, and that's not even real funny. <laughs> he ain't even a real person. <laughs> he's not even. He's not even. The general don't even exist. But um, <laughs> but it was just amazing. And and for me, I love the challenge of using those nonverbal communications, yeah. uh, because I think there's there's so much richness in that as well. Uh, that something sometimes we dumb moments down with sure. words, and and the fact that we weren't able to communicate communicate via words allowed us to find other ways to connect um, without using them and still getting our message across to each other. Um, you know, I'm not a skinny guy by any means, and so I was definitely going to eat while I was there, and so I, you know, figure out well. Let me point at this picture. I want noodles. Okay, you know how you say chicken. We gonna figure this out. But uh, and they were patient and they were very understanding um, and they were loving. It was it was very, very intriguing to me to watch people watch me as I walk through and experience um, their experience. Uh, one quick story. I was walking around uh, maybe about 30 minutes outside of Shanghai mm-hmm. and just literally like in a community. I was just like, hey. I want an authentic experience. I don't just want to, you know, see all the lights in downtown right. and fancy hotels. I want to experience the people. And so as I was walking, I was walking around this building that uh, was being built. And this gentleman came out who had to be at least like 70 years old, you know, 80 years old gentleman. And like he came out and he saw me and his face like lit up like a Christmas tree. And he started smiling. And he started waving. And, uh, and so I've, I naturally did the same thing and we never spoke a word to each other, but our hearts connected. And it was so like such a dynamic moment for me um, because I don't know. Him. Right. <laughs> like, I've never met him. Right. Yet. Right. <laughs> but he was so excited to see me that it made it, it made such a genuine impact and connection. Um, and, and I mean, to the point where I made up a story of like how we are connected, you know, and I was like, you know, a lot of black soldiers said, you know, in the Vietnam War that, you know, Vietnamese people took care of them and kept, you know, watch out for him. I was like, he probably was in the war. He saw me, thought about one of his old black friends. I just made up this story yeah. because the, the, for me, there was such a connection that I had to create something to 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 make the moment almost make sense to me because, you know, that's not something we naturally see in America. You know, a black guy doesn't walk down the street and everyone just starts smiling and waving at him because they're excited to see him unless he's a celebrity. Uh, but to just be an average Joe, uh, it was just a, a wonderful experience. I, I just felt so full once I left there. Yeah. Um, you know, so, yeah. So I think th- those two places have really changed my, my thought process just on travel and just, you know, being a black man in an international world and not just being a black man in the United States. A hundred percent. And I love that you had such a great and positive experience, uplifting experience really in China, because as you're probably aware, sometimes it doesn't always go that way. And yeah. so for you to leave with, with nothing but posit- a positive personal experience, that's huge. And I'm glad I'm actually honored that you could share that on this show because everyone has different experiences and a positive one is, is always worth uh, worth just as much as something that might not be as positive. So thank you for sharing that. And I love the story. <laughs> you made up a story about yeah. <laughs> how you guys might be connected. <laughs> and it, it's actually dope that you knew enough about the history to, to realize that because 
you know, U.S. schools are not the best schools in <laughs> the on the planet. Um, but in France, even uh, in some of these villages in France, uh, the black soldiers during World War II were the ones that liberated some of these villages and towns from Nazi control. So the first sign of hope they saw coming from the United States were black soldiers who, as you're probably aware, were so heavily discriminated against within their own country, within their own units. But you'll still get smiles from really similar stories to the ones you made up. And it's really uncanny how similar that is to the truth in, in situations. It's really dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's great, man. We are we are so rich. And sometimes, you know, I, I think when we, once we catch fire to that, we become so dangerous, you know. Um, and only people you you don't rob someone who doesn't have anything, you know. Mm. Um, and so, I think when you realize that someone's at your door trying to take everything you have, that you have something worth fighting for. You have some. You have a treasure, and even if you haven't realized it, other people realize that, and they want it, you know. And and to me, being a black man is a treasure. It's 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 something to be said that when you can walk in the room, you can change the whole mood. Mm. That's power, man. Right. Like that's power on a whole nother level. Um, and we've been fed it through negativity, but once we see the positive in it and use it to our advantage, man, how, how can we change the world even in such a greater way than we already have, you know? So that's, you know, and, and I think travel plays a part in that, you know, it does. So, a hundred percent. And to your credit, though, bro, from from the, the bit I know about you from your posts and stuff, when you talk about a man seeing you in the street, because I bet you were probably smiling. He just smiles at you like you're that kind of cat. Not all of us <laughs> have that have that aura, have that presence. I have a smile. I keep it in my book bag because that's just who I am. But you you're really out there. You come off as an open personality. And it is no wonder that people resonate with that, even when you're outside of, you know, your, your country of birth. That's 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 all you, my guy. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. Definitely. <laughs> that's what's up, man. So um, let's see where where else. I love what you shared with Rio with feeling a part of the culture, because I think everybody owes it to themselves as, as a black person to, to be in that place where you look so normal that even you being you know, drunk in the streets. Shout out to being drunk in the streets, by the way, because <laughs> that's how you know you live in. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. Shout out to duty free. <laughs> hey, exactly. And loose open container laws. My yes. goodness. Um, in, in many bottles. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and a good uh, exchange rate. See, travel is so much. It's math. It's science. It's, it's yes. cuisine. It's dope. Actually, talk to me about cuisine, because you mentioned that. Where, where are you getting the best meals at? Listen, man. Oh, because I saw these I birthday pictures, y'all. If you, again, follow him on Instagram because I was like, did you travel with a chef? Where are you getting this from? Who is supplying no, you these so, delicious meals? So, um, I want to say about four years ago, maybe four or five years ago, mm. one of my fraternity brothers put together a trip to. Uh, PVR, Puerto Vallarta, and wait, where's that? Had... You said that too fast. One more time for me. Oh, uh, Puerto Vallarta, PVR. Oh, okay, where's that? What country is that? It's it's in uh Mexico. Okay, okay, gotcha. Yeah, and so um, he sponsored a trip there, and we had like this amazing home, um, that was like cut into the coast of the city, 
you, you looked up, there was an ocean, there was an infinity pool, three infinity jacuzzis, two off, they had a double master suite, so there was two off the master suite and one that anyone could use. Yeah. Um, and then we had a private chef every day who cooked our meals, you know. And so that was one of my first, what I'll say, experiences. And um, I liked it. <laughs> so I think okay. it, it kind of created a, a standard for me of the things that I want to experience when I travel, um, especially can't travel like a birthday um, mm-hmm. you know, and so um typically, when I travel with my friends, we will hire um a personal chef um to to cook a few of our meals um usually when you first the first day you've been traveling all day, you know you just kind of want to chill out in the hotel in the hotel or airbnb or whatever accommodations you have, and so we'll always have someone there to kind of do like an opening dinner um there's a few websites that I can't remember, um, but if you Google it, you guys can find them mm-hmm. um, that will like recommend chefs in different countries. And then if you're like using an Airbnb or something like that, they also have people typically that they could recommend that they could bring in for you to like, you know, cook, cook you a traditional meal or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So typically wow. we will have someone come to dinner and a close dinner, um, which allows us because we still want to experience the cuisine. We want to go, you know, what we call street meat, go and have, you know, food off the hey, street. Hey, street meat uh, is a thing, damn it. Street meat is the shit. Street, street meat is the world's, uh, is the world's uh, <laughs> food truck. However, yes. I, I do, you know, you can't have everybody street meat. You got to use exercise and a little wisdom. Um, <laughs> but it is it's definitely a fun experience um i think food for me has always been a part of my life my uncle was a culinary chef um and my family loves to eat as most black families do um and so i've always tried to include that in my travel experience because i want to have the authentic foods of the you know city or country that i'm in um so like i had chicken feet for the first time okay um, China. I ate scorpions when I was in China. Um, I wanted to actually do some more exotic things, but you know, I, I didn't come across them. Like I've seen on the Food Network, where like they've had like goat balls and stuff like that. You know, like yeah. I'm the kind of I'm the kind of person that will, you know, I don't like it. I don't eat it. You know, and I just go to right. I, I just won't have a second goat ball. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. I just won't. <laughs> Second goat ball, you know? no, no more testicles <laughs> for me, please. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm quite yeah, all right on this experience. Or, <laughs> yeah, that's you know. Can we have the next, the next, the next dish? Let's go to dessert, you know. Um, <laughs> but I think it's important too because, like, I think a lot of times our understanding of the food, based of our U off, excuse me, of our U.S. perspective is very skewed. Like we just talked mm. about Chinese food, like. The Chinese food in China looks nothing. It tastes nothing like most of the things that we recognize as China. They're not frying chicken wings and mambo sauce. Shout out to DC. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, like they're not doing that now. Right. <laughs> you know, um, but they do have some things like they did have. I did have chicken wings while I was there, but it was very different than, you know, 
it didn't taste like soul food chicken wings like you know we have in the states or they didn't have general soul or sesame chicken or things that we have created as traditional chinese dishes um and so to go there and be able to experience their authentic food even in, in italy when i was there you know uh they don't really eat spaghetti and meatballs that's no not, no and pizza is not the same no like yeah that they they call us something to, totally different like or they have meatballs with spaghetti it's not like a meat sauce it's just very very things are just very different than what america has made them to be um and so it's great to have authentic experiences and it it makes you more knowledgeable so then when you have sit down and you go to a corporate dinner or you're in a room with people who may think that you may not have the knowledge kind of share with them and they're like oh you know that or, oh, that's great that you've had that experience, you know? Um, and I think that's another thing, um, going to another subject that has helped expand my desire to travel is like, there is a an un, an unwritten rule of, of a class, of a certain class of people who are have only have access to traveling. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I love going to my, like young black people, young white people too but they don't have my experience so i'll say young black people um (laughs) speaking truth talk 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 yeah traveling and you know viewing the world and going to places that we never considered going and just having a great time you know and i think uh it's so great and it's so powerful like beyond words you know one of the things that my job that everyone jokes about they're like you know um if I'm gone for like two or days, they're like, where's he now? Oh, he's probably at Timbuktu. And so like, that's the laughing joke. And um, one of the things that I've heard said, you know, is like, well, where does he get all this money from? And mm. like, you know, how does he have all this vacation time? And and I'm in my, in my mind, I'm like, well, why does that matter? If my boss approved my time, then that's all that matters, you know? Right. But I think people have limited me somewhat because of my color thinking that those are because they haven't had the access to that experience that my as well Mm. um (laughs) and so i yeah we call those haters i i yeah yeah and you know what i don't i don't even know if they're haters i think that they just don't have the understanding and the knowledge of which I have. Cause I went to China for $400, you know, like right. what people are paying to go to California. I went to China. I went to Italy. My flight was $400 round trip, you know? And so it's, it's also having the knowledge and the savvy to know how to find flights and do those things because everything, you know, I'm not balling out of control. I would love to be, I would love to, you know, take off six months from work and not have to worry about a paycheck. I'm not there yet. We're mm-hmm. working on that. Um, but it's just also having the knowledge and the understanding and being savvy uh, that helps create those opportunities for you outside of just the desire to want to do it. So, um, wow, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and uh, definitely, I've been thinking about doing some specific segments, uh, having people who are like definitely specialists with credit card points or saving money and stuff. But would you mind sharing just a couple ways you've been able to score tickets for four hundred dollars or? Uh, have these experiences just just like just one nugget i yes, mean just yes, tease yes, them with yes, something yes, yes. so so my my bread and butter is uh secretflying.com 
Okay. Um, I don't know if you know about. I don't. Website. That's how secret it is. What is this? Oh my goodness, man! You have to know about secretflying.com. Like, matter of fact, if you're listening, go sign on right now. Um, they basically uh, show you deals from all over the world, and then you can kind of click on U.S. and see any deals that are currently. Um, being posted through various airlines and they kind of done all the work for you so they'll say like oh there's a $300 flight from BWI to Havana and then you'll see places where you can um, click the dates or click a link and it'll actually take you to like Delta's website or it'll take you to um, Google flights or take you to a place where you could kind of say well I want to change the days or make some more flexibility it does that for you it is absolutely amazing um I use Google Flights all the time as well. Um, a lot of people use it, but they don't use it to its full uh, extent. Like, you know, you can put in dates. Uh, being a traveler, sometimes it doesn't really matter where I go. I just want to go. Mm-hmm. Like, so for the 4th of July, I'm looking to go somewhere. And I was like, hey, the 4th of July, I'm not going to do like a big across the pond trip, but that would be great to like go and get, you know, one of the caribbean countries off my bucket list yeah so like let me look at going to the bahamas so like right now there's a 323 dollar flight out of charlotte to the bahamas over fourth of july weekend on delta airlines the reason i found that out was through uh secret flying and then i went to google flights and kind of like played with it to find some dates that really work for me um but in google flights you can put in dates and you can say hey i want a beach and then, hey, I want to beach in Europe. And they'll basically take all that information and show you the cheapest flights to Europe, to all the beaches in Europe from your destination. Um, and so those are kind of the tools that I use to uh, find flights and do the things that I do. But yes, yeah, secret flying is definitely the mothership. And then all those other tools are actually um linked to or referred to by secret flying so if once you go there all those other things will kind of just be added to you but i'm taking notes i mean <laughs> and i really appreciate the perspective because while i travel well while i am traveled the way i travel doesn't require me to really look up stuff like this uh, most yeah. of my flights are, are taken care of so to really be doing it the way you are it's important even for myself to always get the most up-to-date tips you know sites pop up sites shut down uh, really appreciate that, bro, because I am taking notes. I hope everybody listening is taking notes or whatever, too. Um, yeah, the, the other dope thing is sometimes uh, they catch error flight, error, error flights. So yeah. Like maybe, you know, Delta accidentally put a $19 first class flight to Africa or something like that. Um, and they'll give you the link to book it, you know. So actually, uh, I got a flight from my mom. She's going to the Ivory Coast for $200 <laughs> out of New York because she booked a um, she booked a Aero flight. Now, here's a little secret. If you ever book an Aero flight, they can cancel your ticket. Mm. So the best thing to do is book the you know $10 insurance because with the $10 insurance, they will not cancel your ticket because they have to insure, that, insure your trip. So if you ever buy an Aero flight, that's a tip for you guys. Buy the ten dollars insurance. You didn't pay much for the flight to begin with. They won't cancel your flight typically, or 
typically they won't cancel your flight because the insurance basically insures the trip. So they would still have to send you at some point. <laughs> wow, dude, that's that's yeah, that's worth its weight in uh, we'll say U.S. dollars <laughs> in fiat currency. That's worth yes. its weight in fiat currency. That's super dope. <laughs> and uh, we talked a little bit before, but tell me about your mom going to uh, Ivory Coast. You said. Yeah, and yeah, you so haven't been to the continent yet. What's going on? I know that's very so, generous of you, but when so you're going... I'm supposed to be going with her. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, I'm supposed to be going with her. We will see. You know, things are changing in my life uh, mm-hmm. right now. My job is actually having me doing um, domestic travel, uh, so I don't know exactly where I'll be during that particular trip. I would love to go with her um, and experience the motherland with my mother. Oh. <laughs> Hashtag um, cute. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, hashtag mom is bae, right? So, uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, that would, that would be great. That's kind of been my experience, just kind of talk about that a little bit. My father um, passed away two years ago, and wow. uh, it was the first time in my mom's life that she finally uh, didn't have anyone she had to take care of. You know, my grandmother... When I was growing up, she took care of she took care of all of her sisters, um, you know, and brother who had health challenges, yeah. um, and that was that was normal for her. She was always a caregiver on top of doing all the other things that she did, and so um, I I made a commitment to myself that every year I was going to take my mom somewhere out the country. Um, until there was a point where she couldn't go anymore, and we've we've stayed to that. So last year, we went to Aruba. Um, you know, this year we went. To, she went to Cartagena with me, so we celebrated my birthday and Mother's Day together. So I just I want her to uh, to experience, you know, the things that she's given me, you know, yeah. and to have and, and to have that kind of come full circle for her. You know, now that she's retired, now that she doesn't have anyone she has to necessarily worry about and take care of, that she can go and and travel. So, and she's doing it. She just called me and told me she's gonna be in in Savannah and she's going to Charleston. And I'm like, with who? I didn't. I didn't. You know, <laughs> with who? Who you gonna be I didn't with? Give per- permission for this. You know, this excursion. So I love it. <laughs> uh, you know, I love it uh, that she's doing that and that I can do that for her and that will like always be my goal is to be able to provide new experiences for for her and for myself um and as we kind of talked about briefly you know birthdays are marquee things for me and so this birthday I got a chance to reflect like what's next man like you know I want to go to all seven continents you know I want to do uh you know like go to every country in the world I'm following uh a sister who is currently trying to be the first black woman to visit every country in the world which i, I think just is saw the, that yeah yeah and she's ex- she's inspiring me and so i was like what can i do that's realistic but also a challenge and so my goal is to do 35 countries by the age of 35 and like i counted i'm at 12 so i have some work to do right um, but i just turned 32 so i have three years to do it um and so i'm excited i don't know where that's going to take me and i might just book a flight and just start hopping on trains across europe or whatever that come what may yeah Uh, i'm excited for the new the next chapter uh of traveling and i've even considered you know in the industry that i'm in moving abroad um 
because I do believe that the world is much easier to access through Europe, you know, mm. and once you're on that side, you can get to Africa easily, you can get to Australia easily, you can get to, you know, Asia easily. Um, so I've, I've even considered taking, looking for a job in hospitality, you know, somewhere in the other side of the pond. So we we shall see. Who knows what the next few chapters hold, but 35 countries by 35 is the new goal for me so (laughs) that's what's up man i love the creativity and uh with that kind of hustle and grind and and commitment uh you're gonna get there shout out to moms too like you you really do you win in son of the year i'll just concede my uh my award um (laughs) but uh listen man we're coming up close to time so i always ask my guests uh you know i'm sure i mean at least by this point i mean you saving you dropping nuggets that are saving people money uh, that are inspiring them. How would you suggest for somebody who might be a little bit timid to getting their, you know, uh, adventure started? How would you suggest that somebody start? Like, what, what's something practical they could do to kind of put them on a similar path if they find what you've been doing inspirational? Wow, you just got to jump, man. You have to leap. Uh, you know, I am a man of faith, and I believe that a lot of times fear keeps us from. Um, doing things, you know, the fear of failure, the fear of what if something happens to me, and the reality of that is, you could go nowhere and something could happen to you. You know, real talk, <laughs> real talk. And and so my thing, my advice is jump out there, do it. You know, if you're scared to travel by yourself, um, or you know, you don't, you your friends don't want to do what you do, fine. Uh, a lot of the black travel sites are now sponsoring trips. You mm-hmm. know. You know, go sign up for a trip and say, hey, you know, I'm going to go. I don't know anyone, but I'm going to go and and speak to the universe that I'm going to have a great time and I'm going to meet new people and have a new experience and potentially even make create new friends that will last a lifetime. Um, and I think that's a cool way to kind of ease your way into it because they kind of set an itinerary for you. There's other people um, to help translate languages or, you know, just provide the experience. So you don't have to do much of the work. You just pay for the trip. Right. Then um, you can really concentrate on that. And then as you get more savvy and as you get more comfortable, then you can start, you know, taking trips by yourself or planning your own trips. Like me, I don't, I've never used a travel agent. Don't have any desire to, um, you know, I just do it all myself, you know? Sure. So I think that would be a good way to, to um just to explore and try more just jump you know do a group trip one of the travel travel blogs or travel you know websites i won't say any particular one because i don't i don't really know all of them and i'm not necessarily trying to plug them but i think they're they're great and the, and the things that they provide are great um to give people cater experiences who may not go by themselves 100 percent. i love that perspective because actually up to this point a lot of people suggested travel solo, and I now we have kind of a, a full spectrum on people's opinions who have experience. I think they both have value. You just need to understand which is going to work for you. And if it's what it takes to get started, like you said, jump, do it. Um, yeah, really appreciate yeah. that, bro. So in wrapping up, my friend, uh, we, we talked about the 35 countries by 35. I think that's super dope. However, you have another account that you are starting up. Can you share something about that? Yes, so I was taking my own advice and jumping. Hey, um, I think uh, so. I I started my own, you know, kind of travel blog, and 
I felt like there's a lot of blogs at, out there right now that are established, visual blogs that are established. And so I was like, I really don't want to compete with them. And not that I'm afraid to, mm. but maybe cr- create a different space and a different perspective for people. And so I came up with the idea of where in the world I and in mm-hmm. for in as in hotel. Um, me being a hotelier, I just felt like, oh, that's something I already do professionally. So I had the knowledge of hotels and how they work and things like that, but then provide that on an international scale. So basically, you know, if you're staying at a dope hotel, has a dope experience, um, you can tag me at hashtag W-I-N-N-T-W, which is where in the mm-hmm. world. Um, and I'll just kind of repost it and just kind of showing people like, hey, you're going to Bali, hey, you're going to Greece, hey, this hotel is amazing, it's four-star, or it has this amazing experience. Uh, one of my favorite hotels is actually in Nairobi, um, and it's the Giraffe Manor. And you may have seen those pictures where people are, like, eating dinner, and there's a giraffe sitting in the window looking at them, you know, <laughs> and, like, that's a dope, that's a dope experience, right. you know? Uh, and so... That's kind of that was my leap, you know. I wanted to do it, and I've kind of talked about it and talked myself out of it. And I had friends like, "Man, just do it, just do it, just do it." And I think also connected to China, when I saw the love that I got from like my pictures in China, um, from just like the old the big social media blogs, it just kind of was like, "Hey, man, you you're you're in the space, right. you're here, and just 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 take the jump," you know, and. Push come to shove, if no one, if you get one like, it doesn't matter. It's not going to stop you from being a global traveler. Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. I think that's, I think that's dope. But I'm glad you took that motivation because that's where I saw some of your stuff. And they, these are dope shots, y'all. Uh, so make sure, make sure you check them out. I was just like, what the hell is going on here? Like this, this is doper than usual. Hmm. Um, no, but it was inspirational for myself. I didn't even know some of those sites were out there and just the way you presented it visually was, was on point and where in the world does not disappoint either. Uh, these pads, these hotels are definitely on point. If I can give one plug, I'm not a big plug person, but one of the people who I'm big on giving credit sure. to do, I think one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest persons are people to inspire me. And I actually don't know this person. I was told he's my fraternity brother. I have not verified it, but uh, it's Mr. Elton Anderson Jr. Um, and his pictures have kind of broke the internet um, of like you know his friends in Bali and doing all these trips and various places that they've been um, to kind of like step my game up. I was like, oh man, they coming hard. Like we can't be out here with these uh, these flip phone pictures anymore. You know. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it made me uh, it made me step up my game and not that it's a competition, but I just felt like there was a level of black excellence that needs to be projected. And I wanted to be part of that conversation. And so I was like, hey, this is what we got to do to be part of the conversation. Let's do it. And I don't think uh, one of the organizations I used to be in is called the Frogs. Friendly rivalry often generates success. And I think that, you know, if someone is the standard, it's not there's no shame in saying, hey, this person is the standard. Let's 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 meet them there. Let's go there. So Elton, if you ever listen to this, I appreciate what you do and creating a platform for black excellence and showing us all over the diaspora. Uh, thank That's you. what's up, man. And super uh, that displays a lot of humility for you to, to plug somebody that inspired you on your own show. Like that's 
I'm so <laughs> like I'm so excited and, and humbled by the quality of guests we've been able to attract to this show uh, so far, man. So thanks thanks for being in the number, bro. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for creating this platform. I think is definitely needed. And uh, thank you for taking the leap, man. You know, I, I know that this could be scary. <laughs> <laughs> like, will anyone listen? You know, will people follow me? Do people like what the things I have to say? You know, and we live in a day and age that is full of a lot of opinions. Yeah. And a lot of people hide behind uh, social media and different devices to be destructive. But, you know, what a great thing to come together and bring people together to be positive and kind of just put you know, great energy into the universe. Oh, man, dude, definitely appreciate those words. We're here to uh, celebrate and inspire if we are so blessed to do so. And uh, I think your story so far has been both of those things. Um, So, dude, thank you for visiting us at The Point. We will definitely be in touch. And y'all, make sure to check out his new venture, Where in the World, and he's on Instagram at the John Robert. Bro, thanks for visiting us today. No, no H in the John. J O N Robert. Robert. Did, I, did I make it sound like there was an H in there? My bad. Well, you know, everyone <laughs> wants to put an H in John. You know, it's Jonathan, and so it's J O N. You know, that's they always want to put that H in. So don't, don't, don't follow him. Follow me. <laughs> right? Who knows who he is? We're gonna have everything 100% straight in the show notes, and uh, the John Robert will be proofreading. So y'all, until next time, thanks for joining us at the point. John will be in touch. Thank you, brother. Please and bless you. All right, man. Peace. Bye. From a missionary kid to a man on a mission to hit 35 countries by the age of 35, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the John Robert. If you haven't already, make sure you follow him on Instagram at the John, J-O-N, Robert, and check out his passion project, Where in the World. And if you're staying somewhere super dope, make sure you tag them, hashtag W-I-N-N-T-W. I'm sure him and his team will check it out and give you guys some props. You know what I'm saying? You guys get to be a little travel influence account. It'll be dope. Thank you so much for coming out, bro, and sharing all that knowledge. I'll be sure to check out Secret Flights myself, see where I can pop off to on the low, save them coins. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another great session here at Point Noir, session six. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Definitely give us your feedback again. Rate, review, subscribe. Let us know what you think. Reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter. And if you're looking to get sponsored and you're a man of color, you got the instructions in the first half. I'll do them again on the second. One, follow Jerry the Third on Twitter. Two, tell us what having a passport means to you. And three, make sure you include the hashtag Passpoint18. And we'll check them all out at the end of the month and pick somebody at random. There you go. Hope you guys enjoy your week. We'll be back next Tuesday with another fresh episode and another awesome guest. Until the next time, I'm Jerry the Third, a.k.a. Kimono Jack, signing off. <laughs>